Uh, today we're going to look at a topic that I've titled Confidently Humble. Confidently Humble. Uh, and you can use confidently here um, with courageously. So, courageously humble or confidently humble. Um, and while that was sound or might come close to the oxymoron, um, I hope at the end of this study we can definitely see the importance and uh, to see how God has called us to live a life of confidence but yet with humility. Let's bow down for prayer. Lord, we pray as we go into your word. Lord, we pray all this prayer shall teach us, Lord, that bring to remembrance all we shall learn today. We pray that we shall not just be hearers but doers of your word today, O Lord. That it will be all our cause to give thanks and glory to your name. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God has called us to a life of humility. How many of us agree that? Agree with that? God has called us to a life of humility. He wants us to be humble. Um, but God doesn't mean though that doesn't mean that we should fall prey to the enemy and his devices. The first of which is fear. So people will say, oh yeah, God has to be humble. But then humility doesn't mean we become a victim to the enemy. It's like the devil is bashing us left and right. Like, ah, yeah, but, you know, I'm meant to be, you know, quiet. I don't meant to say anything. I'm meant to just persevere. Timidity is not the same as humility. When you're timid. When you're timid, that's different from humility. So he said, again, okay, I said, God has called us to a life of humility, but we should not be fall, we should not fall prey to the enemy. Alright, and his devices again, like like number one thing that the enemy uses is fear. They want to intimidate. And if you can look at to intimidate Jesus, like what chances do we have of escaping that devices? When Jesus was tempted in the in the wilderness for 40 and 40 nights. The first thing just yeah, the devil came to him was, Oh, you're hungry. You know? Hunger, I don't hunger, hunger, from hunger comes weakness. You can be weak when you're hungry. So it was like, oh, to cut turn the stone to bread now. Like, you know, you're hungry, feed yourself. But just said that and I live by bread alone. The next thing he said was like, okay, to go to this. Let me take you to this high place. We don't go out fear of heights. Jump. Uh, after all, the Bible said he would let the angel carry you, you know, that just like against a stone. So all of it was intimidation. Like, ah, I dare you to. And the last one was like, he said, if you bow down, I will give you all of these things. Again, intimidation. So fear is the devil's number one device. And that's how he actually allows Christians become praised in the name of humility. Matthew ten sixteen says, Look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. So Jesus actually knew that the world is sending us to, or the world we're going to live in, is one where we have we are going to be sheep amongst wolves, and so it's so that we don't get destroyed, we don't get scattered, we don't get like lynched. He said, "Be shrewd as snakes, 
but be harmless as doves. So when it comes to time for a time to, uh, uh, if someone can just look up the dictionary, you have, you have the internet, I just like to call the meaning of shrewd. S-H-R-E-W-D. Shrewd. Because I don't to really understand what it means. Because people say, when you, when you hear the word snake, you think, oh, be cunning or be, you know, be, you think oh, it's always a negative connotation. But so what, what it just, what it just mean by shrewd here? When you say be shrewd, Showing sharp powers of judgment. Showing what? Sharp powers of judgment. Showing sharp power of judgment. Astute. Astute. Sharp witted. Intelligence and clever. So when he said I'm sending you he said I'm sending you a sheep among wolves, you really want to know have a sense of am I safe here? Do I need to live this live this situation? Do I need to have, how do I comport myself? And I think someone that does that really well, because we're in the, we're in the Bible study right now, we're going through the Bible in one year, is Paul. Paul is the shrewdest man I've ever seen. In any situation, he knows what card to play. Whether he can speak Greek, whether he's a Roman, whether it's like he knows what to do, what to say, how to comport himself, what identity to claim. That is shrewd. Because if not, I've killed him a long time ago. He knows when to go and join the protest. He knows when to stay away from the protest. He knows when to listen to counsel. He knows when to be stubborn. He knows when to at least stand his ground. Like that's shrewdity. That's, that's when one is shrewd. And that's, so we can't say, oh, I'm going to be always just, again, timid. There are times that we need to stand up, there are times we need to speak up, times we need to be quiet. But he said, I want you to be as shrewd as snakes, but be harmless as dove. And, I, and you see, Paul, although he came, as, he came up as a, as a gay man, like someone that can like, do anything, that little time where we actually said, where he actually like took the offensive, I think the little time like, he actually came closer when he actually told the Pharisee, like, devil, uh, God slap you. When he said, slap him, like, God slap you. And when he said, oh, I didn't know it was a Pharisee, I'm very sorry. He actually apologized immediately. So, like, he had every time, he had, every time, I mean, he limited, it was the very view time that he just said, Paul, like, him being um, harm, harmful, if you, if you want to use that word. But it was harmless. But then he, he knew when to act out to actually comport himself and what cards to play. So that is what good expects of us to be shrewd. Uh, second Timothy, Timothy one verse seven says, For God has given us the spirit uh, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Like we've read in the in, like we sang earlier on. Like we are walking in power. We're walking in miracles, we live a life of favor. Our identity in Christ, who God has called us to be. See, I've called you not to have the spirit of fear, but of power. With power, we can actually like look fear in the face and say, like, to hell with you. Because we know that with power, like we stand in a place above fear. But Mark Twain, um, whose numerous quotes have been attributed to, says, Courage is resistance to fear mastery of fear not the absence of fear so when someone is courageous it doesn't mean that they don't know fear no they know fear but they just have mastered it and they can resist it so i say oh, that man is so courageous he's so confident like fear not, not, not she shakes him no it shakes him but but it just as it is known and knows how to control his reaction to it 
So what our man will feel like like shiver shivering in their boots, this man would look at fear, acknowledge fear and choose and decide to resist it. And so when say God, when God says not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, he's not saying that fear with power, fear disappears. Like the devil will still come and intimidate us, whether with sickness, whether with our finances, whether in our relationships, whether in our academics, the devil will still pop his head I want to intimidate us, I want to instill fear. Uh, I think it was the um, some um, documentary I was watching. Yeah, I think it was the documentary I was watching. But I think it was McDonald's or something. And um, the the lobbying side, their goal was not to convince people about what I, that what I did is right. Their goal was to instill doubt in the minds of people. Like let's do that. We don't want to move them from no to yes. We want to move them from no to maybe. Just to put that doubt that that no. Let's let's shake that no. And also that's what the devil does. The devil does. The devil knows that we know God. We know God is good. We know God is kind. We know God is a good father. But it doesn't it, it, like it doesn't go straight. Oh, my goal is to make you go from God is good to God is bad. No, it wants to go from God is good to ah maybe this one time God is not good to me. Maybe this one time. God has just forsaken me. Maybe this one time, God is busy with other people. I reserve my time. Is that fear that it just instills in us that, huh? See? You just you say your God is good. How come this is happening to you? And Job is a perfect example of that. Like, for him to have gone all through that, I mean, they told me, like, oh, that piece of cake. I will tell God, God, remove your protection. I'll show him who, I'll show him Pepe, and then you see how he will run away from you. And he came in, killed all his family, killed all his cattle, took all his, even his friend, his wife, told him to cause God and die. But still in that face, again, David, um, Job mastered fear. He, had, he, had, he was courageous, knew who his God was, and was able to, to stay still strong. And so he was courageous, he was confident. He was confident, but still he could speak to those things. When his wife told him to cause God and that, he could respond to her. When his, wife, when his three friends were counseling him and say, Dude, you must have done something wrong. Still he was confident to say, No, my God is just, my God is fair. And he was able to stand his ground and remain in faith despite all that. If you don't take anything away from today's um, share uh, admonition, just have these four things in mind. One, we must know who we are in Christ. That's what, that, that's the basis of everything, of being able to be confident and humble, or confidently humble. It stems from our knowing who we are in Christ. When he said. I know, I know what God says I am. Do we really know that? Do we have actually gone through His words to actually know what God describes us to be? Yes, we are children and everything, but in different situations, how God has described us will be our liberation. So when God says, by stripes we are healed, if you don't know that, when you're sick, how will you actually claim that, that benefit of you being God's child? If God says He will supply all the needs, riches and glory, when you're poor, when you're, when you're lacking, how can you not? How are you able to like tap into that benefit of who you are in Christ? So we must know who we are in Christ. I mean, it doesn't stop with it doesn't stop with like oh, I give my life to Christ. I'm a child of God. Yes, but what are the benefits of things that come from being a child of God? It's also you are, you are a citizen today. Like that, that that's that's just one of so many benefits. Your right to vote, your right to good health, your right to this thing, your, the benefit that you get from the revenue, for your tax pack, your tax break when you get married, all those things you could live without as a citizen and not benefit a single thing of those things just because you don't know. 
So the knowledge of who we are in Christ, what, God said we are a child, but what does that mean? What does that mean in this situation? What does it mean in that situation? What does that mean as my duties? What does that mean as my responsibility and my right and benefits? We really need to know. And all of this comes from we studying the Word of God. Because, don't, like, yes, you might learn accidentally one or two, three or four here, but if you don't go through the pages of the Bible to see what God is saying, you get or what your benefits are, what your rights are, what your, what your inheritance is by being his child, then we just, we're, it's, our, it's at our loss. It's at our loss. Because we're all like, oh, I didn't know that I had that benefit. I didn't know that I could actually tap into that blessing or that miracle just because I didn't know who I, who I have in Christ. I didn't know what I, st- I stood to gain. So let's, I did ourselves a disservice if we don't know who we are in Christ. So I beg us, please, just... Take time to read the Bible. Like so many promises in the Bible that we're like, oh, seriously, like this is actually meant for me and my household. This is actually meant for me and my family that we miss out on. If you look at the book of First um, Peter two nine, it says we are this generation, a way of priesthood, a holy nation. See, as called out of darkness, showed up the show for the priest of him who has called out of darkness in the marvelous light. Like we can see all these things, but do we really understand what those things mean? A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a priest. Do you know what a priest does? Do you know what the the the, the, the priest back in those days, like yes, they did they were they did service to God and everything, but they never needed to like work. Like they never needed to like they were like the all their needs were met. Like the other twelve tribes would the other elephants would work for the tribe of, of the Levites to actually like just feed or enjoy the benefits that came from the other tribes. Are we tapping into that priesthood? Or we say we're a priest because we need to come to church and just do the service of a priest. So again, understanding those things, a holy, a holy nation, a peculiar people, to be different, to be two people. We see us and say, oh, we are really different. People say, oh, we actually stand out, you are really different from, like, I mean, I've seen people actually walk to you and say, um, please, are you, are you a pastor? Like, why do people say that when they actually open their mouth to actually say this about, about the Bible? Just because, I mean, some are talking about, some are talking about, like, education, talking about sports. I say, please, are you a pastor? You're talking about, like, someone's talking about sports, but in a pastoral way. I can say, it's pe- that's peculiarity. So you probably see and say, well, you're different. You're, you're actually different from, like, like, why are you different? I actually say, it's, it's, I mean, it's because of who I am in Christ. So, peculiar people. Uh, if you look at um, the book of, um, the book of Hebrews, so I'm going to read for us, Hebrews 2, 7 to 9. Okay, so that on the first point, we must know who we are in Christ. Hebrews 2, 7-9, someone can read for us. Like who was who's got who's got described there in that the first part of that reading? Who was who is being described there? When he says he has made him a little lower than angels. 
Who? Who is God? Who was? Who was? Who was? Who are we? Who is that? Who is being talked about here? It's not Jesus. What can, can I read that part? The first part. The first part. Seven. Us. Talking about us. See, has made us a little lower than angels. Has put everything on our subjection. But then they say that what what way that look up to that person like you don't you don't see those things, you see Jesus. And so, like, do we know who we are and do we know what authority we have? Do we know what power we have? Okay, that's the first thing. Number two, we must understand the enemy. John ten verse ten. So the devil comes to kill, to steal, to destroy. Uh, I don't say the devil also goes about like a roaring lion looking for whom to destroy. The devil, like it's a, I mean, you must really understand him to know. I mean, to so that we don't, um, we don't, we don't fall victim of his devices. So our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but bring it back to strongholds. Like it's a thing where, I mean, I think it was my mother actually said this time. Like when started working on the racism thing. So after I was like, this is not a physical thing, this is a spiritual warfare. And that's the truth, like with everything that we face. People say, oh, you are too very spiritual. Yes, but we know that everything is physical, starts by the physical from the, from the spiritual. And we are going to talk about the lack of ignorance to say, oh, I'm going to live as if I don't know that exists. Like, what I would like to know is there. Is, is that where that we now choose to exercise our power from the spiritual and control the, the physical? So again, understanding the enemy and how we operate, the devil will not come and attack you in your strongest place. No. It will come to you to the place that you are struggling with. So rather than play ignorant and say, well, I, I have other strong areas that I'm okay. So here I stand, he said, be careful lest he falls. Because the devil will come with that thing, that, with that struggle. Like I mean, Paul said, he had this thorn in his side, not physical thorn, but that thing he was struggling with. And I was like, God, take it away. But yeah, like, the devil comes and torments him with that thing. And God said, no, I'm not taking it away from you. Now, there are many, like, many theories that are like, oh, maybe God puts him, puts, uh, the doctor guy for him, so he's, he's still vulnerable, he still needs God, he still needs to depend on God, and he doesn't feel super, super human. But again, the devil will only come to, to touch up Paul with that thing. He will not look for, oh, let me create a new thing. That same thing will keep prickling over and over and over again. So, do we understand the enemy to know that God, this area I'm struggling with, I need your help here, I need your grace here to overcome and to keep to remain standing. It's very essential for us to do that, to remain to be confidently humble. And the, um, and then the the third thing here is we must exercise our confidence. John sixteen thirty three. Someone can quickly read for us. John sixteen verse thirty three. So number one again, like I said, we must know who we are in Christ. Number two, we must understand the enemy. Number three, we must exercise our confidence. John sixteen thirty three. Anyone can read first? These things are spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good share, I have overcome the world. He said, Yeah, I'm sending you to the world. There are many tri- 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 tribulations, there will be many trials. But he said, Be of good share. Share, be of good chance, be of good courage, be confident, I will overcome the world. So he said, we must ex- ex- in, a, in a extending our confidence, we must know that, again, all of this, are, like, we're, we're going through the, the battle that we're going through, but the war has already, already been won. Like, the outcome is already guaranteed. We're just going through that process. And so, in that, we must extend our confidence. We must stand and say, yes, 
victory is guaranteed. I'm going through this. I'm coming out. I'm coming out, out, out of the other side victorious. What I gain it's in our spiritual life, our prayer life, in evangelism, in giving, in prayer, in supplication, in whatever it is, in our academics, in our place of work, we must live, we must live as if no, we are already won the victory. And it's that way that we actually can they never can actually see us and say, Oh, now it's all move on. But when a man is ugly, well, I always like, ah, have I won? Is it, would this be my downfall? Would this be, is it just, this one too shall pass. That attitude of like, ah, I will just endure the pain. The devil actually comes and amplifies it and say, ah, this pain that you're going to endure, I will make it times 10. And let's see if you not run, if you not garlic for option B, option C. When you actually say no, like, we put my life for the night, but just comes in the morning. That attitude changes everything. Because like, the devil says, oh, well, okay. Even like, multiply this times 10, like, this guy actually is just going to be like, I'm going to overcome this. I wonder if we actually live that way, even outside of, outside of the faith. The whole positive mindset, positive thinking, the whole positive programmation, that they tie into that, like, well, the universe will work, will work in my favor. And the world is actually going against them, they're like, well, the um, growth mindset, I've always actually like, learned something from this experience, I've come out on the other side. And it works for them. So how much are we Christians that we can then again like turn this in our favor with our proclamations, with the claim of God's promises, with prayers. We can actually say, God, come to our rescue. God, help me. God, give me the grace. Give me the power. Give me all I need to, um, to come out of this. So it's again, it's a thing of being able to exercise our confidence. Like, God, it's, it's, a, it's not a, I mean, like, the Kimwazi will, will say that it's, yeah, it's a God power to actually like Stepping in his mercy and actually like fight for us, but so the majority of that time, God, like I mean, I think to you that I was saying, you pray, you pray, God give me a table, God gives you a tree, and then God give me a table. That's a tree. Make the make the table. God give me a table. Like there's so much that God can do for you. There's so much God can yes can give you the table if you want to, but yeah, like there's so much God can do for you that it might it might start to irritate him. Like ah, why are you like this? And do you know you are? Do you know your father? And when you see a child of a very powerful man acting timid, you could be irritated by that. You're like, ah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not this guy's son. It's not this guy's son. Why is he doing like this? Like, why is he attacking me? Like, <laughs> like sharp enough guy. Like, do you know who you are? So, same thing as well. Like, if we, we, could, we could be God's children, yes. But are we actually exercising that? Are we actually living confidently like that? Are we actually showing that we are God's children? Do you step into a situation when they're in a place of work, there's a, there's a problem? Do you step in there and like, ah, I don't know. Like, like, <laughs> like so you step in and say, like, I mean, like, like, like Joseph. All the wise men have come and told Pharaoh, ah, this is your dream, like your dream. We don't know. But Joseph, Joseph came, told him the dream, interpreted the dream. Say, well, you, you, I think no one can know this thing better than you. My mother, my mother put you in charge. That's how we should function when, when things are, are going wrong. We should step in with confidence, knowing that God can give us a solution. And then the final thing here is, while we do that, we should be cautious of pride and remain humble. Because that's one thing the flesh loves. Let flesh loves adoration. The man said, Oh, I will bring down this band and be the big one, and I will feel it, and I will tell my soul, Rejoice. That is man. 
God bless that man. Like God bless him with the harvest, with that bountiful harvest. But then pride set in, and I was like, I will do this, I will do that. He didn't say thank God for this harvest that I've that I've been blessed with. So while God, while we extend our confidence, while we are uh, to work for us, let's be cautious, lest we become pride. Pride sets in, and I wonder what he says. Pride goes before fall. And so let's remain humble. Can someone clearly read James 4, verse 10 for us as a roundup? James 4, verse 10. James 4, verse 10. Just humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Again, another, another oxymoron. Like God said, be lowly. So that he will lift us up. And he said for the pride, he said for the proud, he will resist the proud. He will break down the proud. So again, when we start working in confidence, when we start working for us, or when it's not working for us and we are living, accessing our confidence, let's remain humble. Let's remain humble. We don't want to become that part of that person that the, the, the people say, oh, don't mind him, he's just proud. Don't mind him, that, that's how he is. Then we are taking the credit for everything that happens then. It's not God. It's like, oh, that's him. That's how he, he does. But let's be humble. Let's let's be uh, let's let's give credit to who credit is due. Let's be cautious while things work for us. Um, again, like I said, courage is not is the result of fear. The mastery of fear, not the absence of fear. So again, as we live here, we'll go we'll go to our we'll go to our week. So we will come, you will try. Try to if again instill that doubt. Oh, you can't do it, you're not enough. Uh no, it can't work for you, you can't work for you like that. Uh, it, it can't be that easy. Devil will always come. Two different things. But again, like I said, if you know who we are in Christ, we can proclaim those things. That, I mean there's nothing devil can there's nothing new there's nothing new devil can can make up that the, the Bible has not actually addressed already. So if the devil comes with sickness, you know what to say. Devil comes with doubts, you know what to say. Because it comes with, with uh, saying, "Oh, you don't have enough." You know what to say. Like so, let's. I mean, that, again, God cannot study the Bible for you. So it's back to ourselves again to know who we are in Christ. And after we know that, let's understand the enemy. I mean, when the, uh, when the disciples were biting and biting and biting and biting and biting, the devil, the, the devil, the Lord, they just came and said, "Ha." Some of these things uh, cannot happen without uh, prayer and fasting, you know? bro. You can pray, 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 pray. If you don't fast, so this devil is going to stay in this person. So again, understanding the enemy, let's see what God actually tells us to do. God says fast, fast. God says pray, pray. God says praise me, praise me. So understanding the enemy and his devices will allow us attack in the best way possible and not waste time and energy just doing the unneedful. I don't want to have the enemy. Let's accept our confidence. Let's be confident. And while we do that, let's remain humble. Um, and a very interesting fact said that the, the word fear not, fear not, or a variation of fear not, maybe do not be afraid, be courageous, comes up in the Bible 365 times. That's one for each day of the year. So again, it's very important for us to be courageous, but at the same time, remain humble. I pray God give us the grace to be confidently humble as we live our lives for him in Jesus' name. Amen.